Hi Louise, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am quite well. I've travelled um, quite far yeah. down to Brazil. Whereas I'm sat on my sofa, so you're more exciting. <laughs> more exciting, I guess. You know, it's, it's sunny out today. It was a little bit cloudy and I get to look at orchids and growing things. So what I see white here is not snow, which is great. Beautiful. So, yeah, so today we're looking at uh, formulating the dream. Mm. Right? Isn't that the one we're looking at today? Yeah, that's what we were going to do. And uh, Eloise is kind of an expert in this. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, yes. (laughs) Well... You know, you've been doing this for years, as we both have in different mm. forms, but I haven't literally uh, been doing the formulating uh, dreams. I teach little things to my clients and um, give them practical ways, but it's going to be really interesting to hear what what you would be doing when it comes to formulating the dream. Right, so we talked a little bit about, you know, finding the dream. And the thing I like is looking back at childhood and seeing what I like to do. And Mm. then putting it in the present context and saying, what could that be? What could it look like? So let's say you love to dance when you were a kid and now you're 70, but you want to do something. Well, you know, maybe you go off and take dance classes, as we mentioned, or you put together your own studio and you have different teachers and you teach some and there are just so many possibilities it's really the limitation of the mind that's your only problem right or expectations i find is a big problem right so if i'm 70 and i'm like oh my god you know i wanted to be a dancer and i start crying and you know no i can't be well that's not true but it's really being clear you know, for that, to me, you know, that thing that fulfills your heart, like, I truly love what I'm doing, um, I'm here in Brazil, and I'm going to be teaching a class in Breakthrough, um, and maybe a tarot class, we haven't put all that together yet, but, you know, the, the incredible shifts that I see in class also shifts myself, and, you know, I get great uh, pleasure in having the whole experience of watching people shift and having that change my life. It's not like, oh, you know, I did this work and they got a shift. No, not at all. It's we're doing this work together and it's shifting our view on the world, right? Because so I, I, for me, it was go around and help people in the world shift the conflict that's in their minds. Mm. And that was my, I mean, I started doing that at four years old. So obviously, you know, this was destined. Of course, I had other things I dreamt about and I still do. I still think of different things. Um, But there's no um, limitation to that. I don't feel limited that, oh, I wish I were doing something else. If I did that, I would change immediately so now from that springboard where we're figuring that out the next is you know 
making this dream real. So what are some of the things that you do or you suggest to people um, to formulate that dream? So I... I think for me, like, my drive is always people reaching their potential. And so quite often when I'm talking to people about what they want to do, they really limit what they think they can do or should do. And so one of the things that I do with people in clinic and things is to, um, to get them to start writing a list of qualities of what they want. So instead of, are you shuffling loads of paper? <laughs> Pardon me? Are you shuffling loads of paper? It sounds like there's loads of... Oh my, I'm, I'm moving my hand and I'm listening so intently. <laughs> my hands it sounds like you're like shuffling your tarot cards or something. Oh my God, I'm really sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, I was just so focused in my hand, I saw it moving and I went, oh no, stop moving. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Sorry. I, I so like... hate that when it's going on and with just my hands focusing on what you're saying. Okay, go on. So you're making a list. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's like getting people to start thinking about the qualities of what they want, not just the specifics, because people can limit themselves. So it's about, right, well, if you were looking for a new job, let's say, what are the, th- you know, are the boundaries and things that are like no-goes or things that have to be in place? And then what are the qualities or the things that you're looking for without actually looking at the specifics of what it is? So, for instance, last time I looked for a job, I wrote a list of five things that were my, you know, things that I really wanted. So one was it had to be within a 45 minute drive because any further than that, I would go loopy in the mornings. Um, And I wanted to work with dynamic people and I wanted to work in something that was around change. And I wrote a couple of other things down that I forget now. And like, for me, that was, I'm like, right, okay, that's what I want. It's, and that was kind of, so it wasn't defining the role. It wasn't defining, it wasn't defining the dream in a way, but it was kind of just giving the qualities of what I wanted. And then within a couple of days, I went and looked at my internal job spec. I saw a job that had the word change in the title and I went well that was on my list so I should look at it and the job when I read the description I went oh that sounds really senior but it kind of matches what I was thinking about when I wrote my list and then so I applied I thought okay let's just go for it and like two days later I found out I had an interview two days and like the next week I started the job I mean, <laughs> it's just like, and it was a perfect role for me, but I never would have looked at it if I hadn't written that list. Like, it was so out of my scope of awareness. It was something that I wouldn't have looked at at all, didn't know about, had no idea about that it existed. But it was coming up the qualities of what I wanted. And I got this incredible role out of it, which I was in for about four years, I think before I left um so I think people sometimes limit their potential based on what they've already done so give an example of what would limit um their someone's potential when they're making a list 
So well, this is the thing. People quite often, they expect their next role to be similar to their last role. Or they expect what they're capable of doing in life to be about the same as what they've already done. You know, they might want to add a little bit of challenge in, but not do something completely different. You know, there's so many people that go, I want to do something and I don't know what it is. And it's because they're kind of seeking some aspect to thing or some quality of something and they haven't defined it in any way. So, you know, someone's, I don't know, just works in admin their whole life and they're like, oh, I want a new job, right, what admin roles are around? And actually, they're probably more capable of doing something completely, you know, out of the box that they've never experienced before. But people like to stick to what they know and what they feel comfortable in, that kind of, I don't know, comfort zone, you could call it. Does that make sense? What, what would you say to someone who's, you know, got a, you know, a, let's say a, a paper-pushing job, you know, of course that's paying the rent, and yeah. they have dreams of what they want to do, like completely different. Yeah. What would you suggest to them when they're, and I know people that um, can do this for 10 and 20 years, be yeah. thinking, you know, I'd like to work with people, I'd like to help people, um, and remain in this paper-pushing, uh, very limited salary job, so there isn't much place to move forward. Um, you know, they could get some education, but it's not the field they want to be in anyway, yeah. so they just don't bother. So what would you recommend to what? someone yeah. who's got sort of an idea, but it's just stuck. They won't, they don't get out. They don't get out. Well, I mean, first of all, you can start educating yourself around something. I mean, there's so many resources online. There's so many people to, videos to watch and interviews to watch. I mean, anything that takes your fancy, you can go down a rabbit hole in YouTube for days on end. And sometimes it is just doing that and something catches your attention. The amount of times uh, modalities or even, like, dance classes have caught my attention out of nowhere. Like, the like the brand just stands out to me when I'm looking at options. And I'm like, oh, that looks like it. And then I forget about it. And, like, a couple of years later, it just starts penetrating my brain. It's like, hello? <laughs> you haven't looked at this? But, like, it's not there until it's in your awareness. So sometimes you need to look at lots of options. Like, I remember when I was in the corporate world, I think I had an inkling that I wanted to do something more healing because I found myself randomly taking a one-day Reiki class and my conclusion was, well, it's not this. Because <laughs> it bored me to tears. No offence to Reiki. <laughs> I was like, no, this isn't what it is. And I was like, oh, okay, am I looking for something along these lines? I hadn't even clocked it. But obviously that drive was there. And then eventually I found body talk and that kind of started this journey. But it's like you need to go and start exploring in an, in an avenue. So if you want to work with people, start looking at options of working with people. And it's like, well, why do you want to work with people? What is it about people and working with people that excites you? 
Is it about helping them? Is it about supporting them? You know, you've got to get really clear on why you want to do things. Like Simon Sinek always says, start with why. And it's such a key focus. Like if we don't know why we want to do something, it can, you know, if we do know why we want to do something, it can really help us to kind of start to identify what it is. So, you know, start to do research, go and take some classes, talk to people, you know, search the internet, like just start opening up your blinkers and start to observe options. Because if you, the more options you look at, the more likely you are to come across the thing that goes, hello, pick me, you know. (laughs) I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Same kind of advice. And I think we're so lucky uh, now, you know, before the internet gave the gave, uh, you know, basically a library at your fingertips. Yeah. You don't even to leave your house. You know, you don't even have to step outside to explore the whole world. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, just where do you want to live? What What do you want to visit? What What do you want to do? Uh, where do you want to do it? You you know, it's very, very open to us yeah. uh, now. I mean, you know, there are other things that aren't so great. I know, let's say you want to move somewhere. It's not the same as it was when I was younger. You could just go to a country and yeah, just get a job and, and hang out and then go to another country. Uh, now you can't do those things. It's a little bit more difficult. But, um, but yeah. you know, it doesn't mean that you can't do it. You can still do it. You can still get out there and, and decide where you want to be and what you want to do. I'm just kind of thinking that because now I'm down here in Brazil and, um, you know, just thinking about all the different people that, you know, so many people look at my work and yours too, you know, we get to to travel and teach in other places and it sounds really cool. So, yes, it's great you're working in another country i mean i've been working all day with my international clients uh, my clients at home uh you know i came down here did work 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 and uh, i'll be teaching at the weekend and flying again and back and working so yeah there's the wonderful part that i'm in another country and another culture i get to learn about people and then there's the you know rough and tumble part where you're traveling and working and traveling and working trying to take care of your body so what i'm pointing that out because we look at someone and we only see oh she's teaching in brazil or she's teaching in spain or she's teaching in south africa and people imagine things that go along with that now you know completely grateful that i get to do this and i have you know, wonderful friends down here and picked up some of the language and I get to look out the window at Brazil, but I am inside working till uh, 10 o'clock tonight yeah. and I started working at 7 a.m. Uh, you know, those are, that's long hours to, to get things done here. So, um, you know, you don't want to have your blinkers on as to what things look like you know there when, when we talk about determination dedication and yeah. discipline well if i want to be here and teach you know the economy isn't so great here so there's not as many students as 
we could have we you know there are a lot of students who want to take the course but they can't because of economics so for me to be here make a little bit of money over the weekend and then the rest of the time be working um these long hours to uh, earn my my keep right yeah my keep so yeah it's so wonderful to get to do this i can't wait to see those students because my my dream is always to go and see see change and i believe i'm changing uh the world i believe that yeah. when i'm doing this work each individual that changes that is changing how you know the conflicts that we have in the world so uh you know, it's it's extremely powerful um so, so that's what I appreciate and, and love and have a good time with. And it keeps me going. It keeps me disciplined and, um, or I have the discipline to continue. I know what needs to be done. Yeah. It's not like you're down here and going, okay, I'm going to hang out at the beach or, you know, <laughs> you know, you can, that means you need extra days. That means you, you need certain things, but you know, when I'm talking about this, because I do this work because I love it and, and uh, believe that I'm changing everything. And, you know, the more people I can touch that have less conflict, um, that will have less conflict or, you know, it's not even conflict resolution. Uh, that's a misnomer when it comes to breakthrough. It's really mm. shifting how you see conflict. Yeah. And every time we shift that perspective, um, of course, it, we get gain more and more freedom. Very much what you were talking about—that um, people limit uh, even their list or how they're going to uh, view the next job. You know, it's really interesting mm. how contracted that can be. Yeah. Right. You can even feel it when the person's talking. Well, I, you know, I just want to change jobs. I'm fed up where I am. And they, they don't see um, that maybe it's the job, yeah. you know, or maybe, it, maybe it's them. And that's a whole other can of worms. That's when I would say, well, come and do my course, right? If you, you know, if you, if you have so much conflict, um, you, you might want to create some space by doing the work that reduces conflict. There are a lot of things out there. And yeah. I love the work I'm doing. It's, you know, the woman who created it, Esther Veltheim, um, you know, I, the work she does is incredible. It's constantly changing, um, which makes it very difficult because, you know, there you have to, within yourself, uh, keep doing the work so there isn't that uh, rigidity that develops. You know, even with this work, I, you know, I've seen in the past that, you know, people become rigid and stick with the same old, same old work. And... Esther and all of us are kind of shifting it and if you don't shift along well you're left sort of behind but it is really a challenge to keep changing right yeah to, to keep shifting but that's the beauty of the work whereas um other systems there there isn't that uh constant uh transformation uh, or shift there's usually you know a system is created you follow the system and you don't want to change it too much um, this one is really organic. It's, you know, very organic. Yeah. Um, and it changes like we do, right? 
Yeah, and that's needed. We need to change. And well, even people, it could be in a job that they love, but if something doesn't change within it, they'll get stagnant and bored. Uh, and, yeah. You know, stagnant and bored. You like almost, bored. I like almost bored. Almost it's good because yeah. you, you get bored and you start visualizing uh, what you would like to do. It's when you become uh, conflicted and you're blaming, like, oh, yeah. God, I'm fine. It's just my stupid boss. Because, you know, most employees will just think the boss is stupid, right? If the employees all know better than the boss does. The boss doesn't know how to run the company, etc. You know, that's, that's always a strange thing when, for me, when I watch uh, employees, it's like, you have no idea what's on their shoulders. And, you know, it's great if you can suggest something to them that they can do, but you're not the one making the investment for change. Hmm. Like if you, you really think the boss isn't doing something, you take your half a million dollars and say, hey, I'm, I, I believe so much in what I'm saying. I'm going to I'm going to give the company half a million dollars and I'll take the risk. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very rare that some, you know, someone will do that. And someone that does do that is great because they go off and they, they create their own thing and whether it works or it doesn't work, uh, they've taken the risk. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I was reading Scott Adams and yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm not, uh, you know, confusing what he said, but at one point I was on the airplane, you know, in my little airplane days reading it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things he was mentioning is that, you know, we go into business and we, we weigh the pros and cons and convince ourselves that it's going to work out. But he was saying it's highly risky, right? Yeah. But people do it and businesses go in and out of, uh, out of business all the time. I mean, I, I was watching, there's a particular street that I know very well. And, you know, you just watch these businesses open and close, open and close, yeah. but quite quickly, like, you know, a year or two. Um, and, and it's so interesting because there, there's particular locations. Yes. Uh, I always find I that here this, as well. There's one, yeah. yeah. One spot. Yeah. Two spots. One is always a restaurant and it, you know, every two years a new one comes up or three years. And then this other place, it was a shoe store. It was a clothing store. It was a, uh, uh, an American apparel. It was a, a chocolate shop. And now I think something new is opening there. And I think, you know, if you just watch this place for, for a while, you'd, you'd really, really think I'd never open anything there. Yeah, exactly. I always think that about some of the places here, there's certain like areas or certain stores that constantly after about six months to a year, they'll shut and something else will open. And it's like, what is it about that place? <laughs> it's like, don't, don't start a business there. What is it about the individual, right? So I often think, well, if you don't know an area and you haven't watched it yeah. for 20 years, you have no idea which place is working and which place is not working. So, uh, you know, here we are so confident we can open a business and it's going to work out. Yeah. And then we just go to an area we like, but we don't sit around and watch it and see, see how it's working. Uh, and we rush in and rent the space and then two years later you're done. Yeah. That's a heck of an investment too. Yeah. They, you know, they have to decorate, you know, they need shelving or whatever. <laughs> uh, Shop fitting. And, 
My dad yeah, used to do shop fitting. Tons of stuff. I mean, yeah. watching this place change is fascinating, and all the stuff in there. And yet, people still go in and and open things up. So, is it because they didn't look at the area at all? Uh, what What's going on? So, uh, yeah, it's really yeah. risky to open a business. Now, you then on the other hand, you know, just a few doors down from this is it's called National, and it's a it's. It's an Asian woman and man, I think, who run it. I mean, I think it's been there uh, since I was a child, so 55 years. Yeah. Maybe more. You know, so that's that's incredible, right? That business is is going. It's extremely expensive food, right? But boom, it keeps you know turnover, turnover, turnover. Yeah. And uh, 55 years, incredible, right? So certain things. They're paying five p rent a month. No. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to discourage anyone. I mean, if you're if yeah. you're going to do something, yeah, and you know, even reading this, um, it was just interesting to really have a little bit of a reality check. You know, every so often we need that reality check. It's like, yeah, right. Yeah. So, how do certain people? Um, you know, this instructor, uh, Brenda Miller. You know, I had mentioned once that. I had started one, two, three different businesses, right? And it's kind of like I keep starting other ones because, you know, one is I was doing clinic and then, you know, I had my little massage and then I had my teaching. So it's like this constant opening up of different arenas. Mm. Um, and, you know, I so, said, well, I've opened three and, you know, they're, they're, they all worked out, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool. And she turned around and said, well, she did open up like 30 or 40 businesses. And I was like, wow, you know, that's that's really great, right? Yeah. Uh, that somebody can open up those businesses and they succeed and they work out. Um, and then you have someone struggling, struggling so hard just to uh, keep not yeah. even afloat, but, you know, just have this. I get, yeah, afloat maybe, just hand to mouth, or even less, right? So they're, let's say, subsidized or live with their husband and the husband takes care of everything yeah. or, uh, you know, somebody else takes care of things. And, and they're, it's a subsistence level, basically. And they, they can't get any more. It's fascinating, right? Mm. So I'm always... You know, kind You're of shuffling concerned. papers again. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just moved. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. That's okay. Yeah, I'm not in the most. I'm sorry, everyone, but I'm I'm not in a comfortable place. I've got I'm in a room with bed, so I have to sit on the bed or lie on the bed, and it's quite it's quite uncomfortable. Yeah. There's no sitting at a desk because there's a family here, so they'll be walking through and making noise. So either the shuffling of me. Or you get, you know, everyone talking. So <laughs> try to keep it, it as quiet as possible. So I, I yeah. really apologize. But again, as I was pointing out, you know, we've got, uh, you can travel and do all these things. Uh, and just remember, not everything is um, shiny the way it's portrayed on YouTube, right? Everyone's all planned and put together. Um, you know, we're doing this podcast. We, we don't get paid for it. So... I'm not going to go rent a room to do the podcast, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, so, 
you know you make the best of of what's going on what's going on in the moment and i think that's really important for people to know how we're doing this yeah you know we we, we even had to record this on a recorder because i can't connect to anchor so you know there's the first technical problem with the internet right so not everything's all pretty people put it together we all see one version of things and your your mind will do that it'll look at what you want but it doesn't see the difficulties and then you just turn around and say well i can't do it yeah it's it's just one piece at a time right that's so here you have a dream and you you just do one piece at a time yeah one little bit, and when a difficulty arises, that's where you need to overcome it. Because there's always going to be a difficulty that arises. And I, as I've said before in other podcasts, life is suffering. I was listening to Tony Robbins, a little blurb, and mm. you know, it was such a powerful moment. He was saying, life brings us horrible, terrible things. They can be so ugly, the things that happen to us. Yep. And we have to get up and figure out how to get over it. Yeah. And, and you know, it, 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 if people get over horrible things, you know, one of the things that I noticed, sorry, I'm moving again, <laughs> that I noticed this trip. So I was here two years ago, and, you know, I could barely walk. Um, you know, I still can't, you know, say I'm going to go outside and walk a block, but I can do way more than I could. I'm brighter than I was. I mean, it's a long plane ride. Um, I'm able to stand up, sit up. Whereas, you know, the last time I was here, she, you know, my friend remembers that I just couldn't get out of the bed. Yeah. And if I did, it was just grabbing the walls, go to the washroom or, you know, maybe grab a bite to eat, but it was horrible. So, okay, but despite this horrible thing that has occurred in, in my spine, I'm figuring out ways to resolve it. And I got to see here, oh, wow, you know, you've, you, you still have a lot of difficulty, but you've improved a lot. Hmm. You know, um, there, there's massive improvement. Um, yeah, really, you know, cool to see. So we're all going to go through, or, you know, at some point, you're going to go through something horrible. And if you have a great life, you know, uh, I'm, I have such gratitude if you ever tell me that you have a great life and nothing's gone wrong. It's like, wow, that's just so great to hear. But we know somebody's going to die and we know we're going to die. Yeah. So, you know, th there, there is suffering coming down the pipe. So, um, you know, be totally grateful if you don't have any other than your impending death. I mean, uh, and that's, that's wonderful. But for most of us, there is a ton of suffering. And some people are so afraid to step out of the box. They can live in complete misery. You know, I know gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous women uh, who have, mediocre jobs uh can't have a relationship 
and that's kind of what I was thinking about when you were when you were saying, "Hey, put down these qualities, you know, make a list of them, and um, you have potential far beyond what you think." And when I think of these people, the next step is, well, you got to start figuring that suffering is is terrible, it's horrible, and if you have a little less suffering than someone else, you know, gratitude is really important. Yeah. I mean, some people just aren't, um, I don't know, maybe it's not being grateful for what they have, or maybe it's, it's just so much internal conflict. Um, but in the end, it's like, get up and do something. This is your life. Hmm. It's yours. It's, there's nobody else there's no one who's gonna get up and give you anything yeah there, there's no and it doesn't mean that you know you run around grabbing from the world either that's not what i mean it's just get up take responsibility and overcome these these horrible things i usually say obstacles but it's it's really beyond obstacles it can be absolutely horrendous you know, my last my last two months have not been, you know, uh, something that you would say we're shining. You know, emergency surgery, still having this leg and, and back issue, yeah, um, and everything else. My, my uncle died uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it just goes on and on the list of. You know, exploding pipes and yeah. leaking walls and just just on and on. And, um, you know, losing some students for this course, which means, you know, that's quite difficult because the expenses are high. You know, you've got flights and stuff. Mm. Um, so all of that. Um, but what do you do? You get up and figure out how you're you're going to deal with this one little piece at a time. You don't need to think of the whole thing. You know, I don't think of the whole thing. It's like one bit at a time. Let me deal with this. Let me deal with that and, um, move forward. So, yeah. So I'm also thinking of, yeah, I'm just thinking of the obstacles, as you said, it just really brought that to my mind. The other thing I think of formulating the dream is, is also using visuals. Yeah. So someone could, um, you know, some people draw it, and some people use um, magazines to, to yeah. create uh, their boards, some like vision boards. Pe- I, I quite like just turning on my audio recorder on my phone and chatting. Okay, that's a, that's a nice one, too. Mm. Yeah, I'm more sitting alone, and I see it, smell it, taste it, yeah. feel it. Yeah. And I just just see the whole thing, and then um, it just starts to formulate. Now I'm saying that simply, but those of you who've been listening to all the podcasts, of course, there's the three D's and an A, right? Which is yeah. you know, dedication, discipline, determination, and your attitude. Right? That attitude towards what you're doing. So you kind of get lost in it. Mm. Discipline, dedication, and determination sound um, difficult, but they're not. It's just that's that's what naturally arises, I think, 
when you found something you want to do, you're going to... Yeah, you're naturally going to have that. At least in the beginning. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, I lost you. At least in the beginning. When you have something new and shiny, it can be easy to take action. Yeah, but I find that fades really easily with people. Yeah. They'll put together everything, get all excited, and then they don't realize it's got to be scheduled. Yeah. You can't just create the vision and say, all right, that living as though you have it. Well, yes. So if you've decided you want to work with people, then you live as though you have it. You begin by what would a day look like? Yeah. Right? So you, you, you know, what are the hours you want to work? So you, you schedule that in for your week. And as soon as you schedule it in, those are your work hours and you need to be there. And then you start working with, um, let's say it's a clinic. You start working with the fundamentals, which are, you know, some marketing, right? Yeah. Um, a website working up. with people, um, you know, putting together lectures. You know, you figure out how you're going to get people to, to come in. Again, I use the internet. Well, I shouldn't say that because this is 1995 I'm talking about. That's a long time ago. I used books. You know, I bought a bunch of books with a list of what you do to build business. And I think I had 100 things on my list and I never got past number three. <laughs> so I'd start with this. Never got past number three. I can't even remember. Like, you know, so I'd start with number one. Then go to number two, go to number three, and then clients would arrive. Yeah. So I never got to three. I just start again at number one. You know, if I woke up and I'm like, oh, today I don't have any clients. What do I do today? Let's do you know, it's like a simple thing. If I have a quiet uh, week or two weeks, I'll sit down, post something on Facebook. You know, maybe uh, group treatments, or I'm going to give a talk, or you know, whatever's going on. And all of a sudden, you've got people coming in. Yeah. Um, and it, it just triggers enough work. I'm alone. I, I'm, I don't have a, a clinic with 10 people working. So, you know, I can't have 100 people ar arriving at my door, which sounds <laughs> good to a lot of people, but you can't handle it. You can't handle, if you're alone and you want to help people and 100 people will arrive at your door, you're not going to be able to, to work with those people. You want, you know, a couple of people arriving and then you build and you know how many hours you can work and, um, yeah, all those, all yeah. those things. So it's really sitting down to and being practical once you have your dream, right? Yeah. I think so. That's, it's always that's about thing. being practical. Yeah. We need to be really, uh, hands on. So. Yes, you formulate what you would like. And I really like this idea of the qualities. Mm. Like I did the same thing with my, you know, I decided I wanted to be in a relationship. I had, I went through two relationships that I was like, really? This is the way it's going to be? This is all not so great for me. You know, so I left one, went with the other one, and finally I realized, hey, you're not... Uh, deciding what you want in a relationship so you're attracting yes men who really like you and love you but wow are they complex and um, strange <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's very stressful and, you know 
just I sat down and I said, well, what would I want? Well, I want someone who, you know, is going to fit in with my lifestyle. So my lifestyle is I work a lot. I travel. I want to save my money. I'd like to buy a house. I want someone who adores me and I adore him. Mm. And uh, I want a construction worker, I said, too. Someone who does construction <laughs> builds things. Well, you know, in 24 hours after that vision, you know, I just created it strongly in my mind. I was so decisive at that point, and he walked in. Yeah. He just walked into my life, and we've been together ever since. Yeah. You know, he does construction. He, you know, he's building houses. We bought a house together. Uh, it's, it's very cool. Uh, so you know you can do this with yeah. anything I did it with a relationship once I sat down and wrote down what I wanted and I met someone three days later that matched the list oh and how come you didn't marry him uh, there were a couple of things I realised I needed to put on the list when I met him <laughs> 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 but it was such an intense meeting it was hilarious it was like uh, but yeah yes so you do find you forgot to put, you forget yeah. to put things up. And then also, you know, not to say this is your situation, but also you will have conflict, you know, and that needs to be worked through. Yeah. This was years um, ago. Yeah. With different tools. I'm not mm. saying that was your situation. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, because if I look at those two relationships I had, I don't think that if I did a ton of breakthrough work, it would have made me uh, have less conflict with what, what was going on. Mm. Uh, just that I didn't like what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's, okay, you're doing that, that's fine. Enjoy it with yourself, but I find it too stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very interesting uh, to try to figure out. Like, it's hard to figure out for yourself whether it's it's you or the other person. Yeah. So usually you put it down to yourself. Not blame. I'm not. I'm not stating there's any blame here. No. Yeah. Blame shouldn't even be part of your discussion. It's just really saying, look, it's me who's perceiving all of this. So, you know, if I look at someone and go, it's fine what you do, you can, I have no, uh, it doesn't catalyze me. Uh, it's just not what I would want to do. I prefer to do something else. Right? Something like that. It's not easy to be able to figure out or discuss for anyone what is good or bad for you. <laughs> That's something you have to figure out yeah. with your therapist or with your practitioner. And it's a slow reveal. Because mm. I can't tell you how many people will uh, be with someone and um, they think it's the other person and they want to change the other person. So that's... <laughs> that's rather difficult. Yeah. Well, that's likely not going to happen, right? Yeah. And that goes with 
job and everything else that that we do. You know, it, it obscures even the formulation of our dream, right? Yeah. The lack of self-awareness will obscure how we view the dream. Yeah. And you mentioned it too, expectations, right? Mm-hmm. You know, our expectations can also be the very thing that limits potential. Yes, absolutely. That that came very clear through what you were saying, and it was a really, it's a really good uh, observation that you have, is that those expectations will obscure your potential, and we have a lot more potential than than we can possibly imagine. You, yeah. you don't know what you're capable of. Sometimes it feels like we're only living 2% of our potential. Yeah, it's, sure. Yeah. You look at what some people in the world are creating and doing. It's like, wow. And they're probably still only at 20%. <laughs> yeah. No, it is amazing what some people are doing. Now, of course, there are physical limitations, you know, all that kind of stuff, and you can work with it. There's, if somebody has a family and lots of kids, well, that's, that, there is going to be a limitation uh, to saying, I'm going to go invent something new while I've got to change, you know, four kids' Don't diapers and clean up. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. But at the same time, you can't. You can't say there isn't a way to uh, do things that fulfill um, your life, right? Mm. Even having kids, you know, what about how much exploration and knowledge you can give to them while you're learning? Yeah. (laughs) If you've got kids and you say, oh, I always wanted to be an astronomer, well, what an ideal situation to... You know, begin astronomy with your kids. Yeah. And then you come out the other end, having so much knowledge, you can, you can, by the time they're six years old, you're, you're already taking courses in school, and um, yeah, you just don't don't delay, right? So some people say, I'd like to take this course and take that course. Well, don't delay, just do it. Mm. Oh, I can't because of this or that. Um, it's way better. Like there are times I wanted to take certain courses or go for a certain degree. Um, I said, well, I'd really like to do that. And um, someone would say, well, if you want to do it, why don't you just do it? Well, because I prefer this other choice. Yeah. So you're, you're taking responsibility for the choice not to go in that direction. And you may mull it over, too. Like, consider it. Like I said once, oh, wow, I'd love to live in Florida. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. the, this person, I don't really know who they were, but, you know, why don't you just do it? And I said, well, no, I have, I have family. I, you know, I, I'm not going to do that right now. It would be nice and maybe later. Oh, just do it. What's, you know, why do you think uh, your family is more important than what you want? And I thought, 
wow, that's really not um, contemplative of you know what what is very fulfilling. Like, yeah, I'd love to be in Florida because the weather's great, but if I'm not with my family, I'm just with weather then. Yeah. <laughs> But most of the time, you're going to be inside with the aircon on. (laughs) Yeah, and then also, what, leave my partner, right? Yeah. Uh, No, I don't want to leave my partner. I'd rather be in the cold with my partner than go down there. So there, there are a lot of choices I'm consciously making. Yes, I'd love to be in Florida, and I'd love it to be magical that I get there. But, you know, if I look at all the steps to get there... I'll change my husband, change my stepson, get my family <laughs> to change, you know, while I go down to Florida. No, I'm choosing the option that I like better. I'm yeah. not choosing the option that sucks. Right? It's yeah, not, no. it's not like you hate your life where you are and you need to escape. Exactly. I just don't like winter. All right. Yeah. Canada's top choice for that. Yeah. <laughs> It's really interesting this reaction this person had. I was like, wow, you're having a really strong reaction. So I guess that you know whatever they wanted to do in their lives, they they did. But um, when you've got a lot of um, of connections that you like, you know, yeah. I can still. I mean, what an ideal thing is to say, I get to work in different countries. You know, my work is portable. I can go anywhere, hang out and do my work yeah so well i don't necessarily have to leave my family to to do that i don't have to leave my husband like that's that's weird you know yeah i didn't like him okay but i don't like being away from him so like why would i move so yeah it's really interesting how we'll approach things so yeah please when you're looking at what you want to do take into account uh, yes, there's complexity, but not that it's an excuse, right? I, it's not an excuse. It's like, oh, we could go here, we could go there. What are the steps to go over there? Well, those are big steps. Let's figure it out as we go along. You know, we're kind of figuring out that, yes, later on we can purchase a home down in Florida and go back and forth, and yeah. as we retire, go back and forth. That's super wonderful, super, super wonderful. So we've got the, the plans in the mix. Um, so there's patience too. Um, and that comes, you know, I love getting the love part. I love about getting older is the, that there's so much more patience for what needs to come. I'm not saying everyone does that. Yeah. That is patient as they age, but it is one of the things that I found um, because you see so many things arise, come in your life, and then they they go away, and they come things come and go away and come and go away. Um, whatever you want, uh, or whatever I've wanted that I achieved, once you achieve it, it's forgotten. Yeah. Okay, that's done. Next. Next. Right? <laughs> so after a while you know that once a desire comes, you really understand it's the journey. Yeah. Because once you get it, like, the journey to getting a house in Florida 
all of that is going to be wonderful and achieving it. But once you get it, it's like, okay, next. Next. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And when you start to realize it's, it's, this is what we do, uh, you're more involved in, well, it doesn't matter what I want anymore. It's okay, so I would love to have a house in Florida, go there, the winter's so cold. But it's fine what I'm doing. You know, it's, it's very nice. I have a nice life. Um, once I get it, yeah. so it's next. Um, that's one of the things that, that, you know, my mother wanted things, and uh, she would get them. And while she was, let's say, in one beautiful spot in Italy, she was always thinking about the next spot. <laughs> You know, I'd be like, yeah, but we're here now. Why are you thinking about the next one? Yeah. Or sometimes she would come home and somebody would say, did you see this place? And she would say, no. And they would say, oh, you missed the best spot. (laughs) So she'd have to go back. And she would just go, oh, you know, Terry Ann, we missed that and this and that. And once it was really cool. Somebody had said, oh, you missed the best hotel, the best place. And uh, my mom said, oh, Terrianne, I was speaking to so-and-so, and and we missed the best hotel and the best spot. And I just looked at her and said, here's a photo of that hotel that they're talking about in this spot. And you said, I don't want to stay here. It's too gross. And she went, really? And she started figuring it out for herself. And I said, what people say is not reality. (laughs) You don't know what the best spot is. I took you everywhere. We drove to every nook and cranny. We didn't miss a thing. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. So it's, again, it's how the mind works, right? Mm. Our mind is always thinking that there's something better. I don't know if she does that now, but she did do it. It was fascinating to me. So like, we did everything. We went everywhere. You know, I drove her everywhere, stopped everywhere, and, you know, oh, we missed one spot that has to be the best. You're like, what? What are you talking about? Um, of course, I didn't have evidence the way I did in this case for, <laughs> you know, all the time she said that. But um, it, it's interesting to, to watch that. And, not, and you know, she's not, um, she's not out of the ordinary. This is Yeah, a lot of people are like that. I, I'm in this job, and there must be a better one. So, you know, part of... Or I'm in this this, relationship, there's got to be a better one. Yeah, in this relationship, you know, am I settling? I think has to be one of the most horrendous things you could say while you're having sex, living with a man or a woman that you love, that supposedly you love. You know, it, it causes such a cringe factor in me. When someone will say, you know, I'm with this guy and been together for a few years and I'm just wondering if I'm settling. And I just find it such a creepy question. Yeah. You're with another human being and your mind is telling you this human being lacks something and you're wondering whether you're settling. Wow. It's, it's really, it's really terrible to even think of human beings that way. You know, this is, This is the issue of the questioner. This isn't the issue of the other person. Mm. And and who's settling? It's the mind that's settling, right? The mind's decided this is the particular vision. So you can't even see your partner. 
you're only seeing it through the lens or the filters or want this person, this particular person is seeing it through the lens and filters of some expectation as though human beings should operate that way. I mean, just knowing that, you know, a, a woman is sitting there saying maybe they're settling for the man they're with, what would happen if that man was standing there? Yeah. You know, he'd be so hurt. And and I was think energetically, you're hurting that person. Yeah. You know, even if they're not aware of it. Yeah. So, yeah, watch out for your expectations. Don't make your dreams so rigid. I'm saying it differently than the way Eloise proposed it. Um, you can't make your dreams so rigid that there's no room for all of the catastrophes that are going to come in the way and the human flaws. Mm, and the possibilities. That are inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got all this potential. You need to, to live into it and not to be expecting the other person to fulfill that. Whether it's your your boss, your coworkers, uh, the cashier at your bank, at the sorry at the grocery store, or your bank teller, or your partner, or your kids, right? The, these dreams that we we create in our mind is to is to formulate something that allows us to move in that direction it's like okay you want a clinic what kind of clinic do you want how does it look you know mine has changed so much over the years you know from having a physical clinic to having a you know traveling clinic right this is so cool it's not what i thought i'd be doing (laughs) i didn't even you know it was a potential that wasn't necessarily open to me at the beginning. Yeah. You know, and then it, it started opening up, and now it's 90%. Yeah, like 90% of my work. You know, and even when I was visualizing, I'm like, is it possible? Will I be able to do it? Of course I will. Let's just start. And, you know, it, it worked. This is only two years ago now. So, yeah, whatever you envision, you start to to work through the practical considerations. I did lose a lot of clients um, when I stopped seeing people physically, you know, so I had to go through that and then started picking up new clients who were just fine with Mm -hmm. um, distance. So yeah, it's fascinating. So if we brought, you know, some of the ideas to formulate your dream and also to help you see where the drawbacks would be and that you need to figure out a way to step over them. And one of the ways to do that is to take responsibility for all of your life. It's no one else's. So you can go through this audio again, uh, this podcast, and, and listen to where I know we tell it in story format and examples, but you can you can really see where um, people tend to put it on the shoulders of someone else. Take it back, take responsibility, not ownership, and uh, move on with your life. This is your life. Cool. 
It's yours, right? Nobody else's. Nobody's responsible for what I do. Nobody's, um, and I'm not responsible for what they do. Yeah. Well, here's another good example of that before we sign off. Um, Sometimes, you know, you could hang out with someone and um, you can ask them, oh, would you like to do this? Would you like to eat that? Would you like to? And they'll just say yes, yes, yes. And I'll look at them and say, you know, you can say no. Um, and they'll say, oh, uh, I never thought of that. Right? <laughs> they'll, just, they'll just say yes. Or they won't ask me something because they can't say no. So they think I won't be able to say no, so they'll decide for me. Mm. And that is complete irresponsibility. Don't decide for me. I'm not deciding from you. for you. I experience responsibility in my life, and I will treat you the same way, with the same respect. Yeah. I respect that you are responsible for your life. If you decide you're not responsible for your life and you want to be responsible for me, you're going to struggle. You're going to have a lot of struggles, and I notice people do. Oh, I didn't want to, you know, do that because I thought maybe uh, it was too much for you or it's this. No, you ask me, and I will make my own decisions. Yeah. Don't decide for me. Maybe you're too tired. Maybe you're this. Maybe you're that. No, you don't need to do that. I, I decide for myself. Yeah. Always. It's a fascinating thing, right? Yeah. Cool. All right, my darlings. So everyone out there in podcast land, <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this. Give us some commentary. It would be good to hear um, maybe some questions, maybe things you'd like us to to work with. Maybe you tell us what you like that we're doing and what you don't like. I know that's going to be hard for us to hear, but we have to hear it. That's um, That's all there is to it. You can help us. Uh, become better at this and I'm sure you're enjoying this this is uh, for me uh, 10 20 30 40 years worth of uh, experience and work so there's a lot of stuff in here and for Eloise it's it's 15 years less right (laughs) (laughs) so that's a ton of experience ton of uh, courses we've taken we're both in we've both come from different uh, fields so please, please ask us questions. You know, you're, you're getting some gems here and hopefully you're, um, you're enjoying it. Okay. Thank you all. And we wait for some commentary. Yay. Perfect. Thanks everyone. Bye love. <laughs>